Um, hi everyone, welcome to Hashtag Never Alone, episode 6. Um, I'm your host, Joe Ambridge, and I am here with my co-host, uh, relationship counsellor and psychotherapist, Mark Fielding. Hi there. Hi Mark. Um, today's episode, we've got uh, two special guests who I will introduce shortly. Um, but Mark has a little se- uh, segment that he wants to share with everyone. Um as you guys know, the aim of this podcast is to get people talking about mental health openly and kind of encourage people to do exactly that. Um, Mark, would you like to share the benefits of opening up about mental health? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, kind of over the last few years, I think there's been, you know, somewhat, I don't know, more opening of, you know, people and, you know, people in the, in the media and, you know, other people talking about mental health and maybe the kind of stigma around talking of mental health about mental health is lessened slightly. Um, I mean, I would say there's probably quite a long way to go. Um, And I think, you know, the more people that talk about mental health, I think the more the conversations around mental health become normalised. You know, I mean, when I was kind of reading the article uh, with in terms of mind fitness, you know, the normalising, I think, around conversations around mental health and, you know, with the brand, you know, Mind Fitness, you know, other people seeing, you know, that someone's wearing the same brand and that opening up a conversation around mental health, you know, I thought was great. You know, I mean, I guess the, the end that we all need really is for mental health and conversations around mental health to be, you know, on the same kind of playing field as conversations around physical health you know i mean the two things are you know obviously interlinked but i think mental health and conversations around it the way to catch up uh, i mean just something i saw yesterday i was watching um, jonathan ross last night and i saw tyson fury talking about you know his own battles with depression and you know and also a time when he had suicidal ideation and i thought that was fantastic I mean, I, I know that Mind Fitness is about encouraging everyone, you know, irrespective of kind of gender, ethnicity, age, to talk about mental health. But I thought it was really good. I mean, somebody, you know, that kind of appears to be hyper-masculine, like Tyson Fury, you know, talking about his own battles with mental health. I thought that was fantastic, you know, and a really, really good role model for people to kind of open up and talk about their own their own issues with mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll kind of we'll get on to introducing our guests on the note of Mind Fitness. Um, we do have the founders of Mind Fitness here, Ryan and Reese Tinson. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. No worries. No worries. Thank you for having us. Awesome. So um, just give us a little insight of what uh, Mind Fitness is and what, what was your what made you come up with the idea. Do you want to go bro with me? Uh, yeah, I don't mind going. So, I mean, me and my brother, we have both suffered from sort of mental health for going on sort of for a few years now, over probably six years. And we found that sort of exercising was a good way in keeping mentally and healthy, um, along with sort of physically healthy at the same time. Um, and it was only really when sort of exercising, going to the gym and speaking to other people where they didn't realise, for me, especially, I think similar to you know, Ryan, that when we spoke to more people, they were coming out actually saying, oh, yeah, I like, suffer from PTSD. 
or the same or suffer from anxiety and it was quite nice that people who also were doing exercise and working out at the same time you are were openly coming out and speaking about it um so i think that's sort of how it sort of originated from and me and my brother obviously we spoke about actually starting a clothing brand to help raise further awareness a bit like mike you said obviously with tyson fury um you know someone as global and as big as him in terms of sort of a boxing industry and as masculine as him comes out and says actually i've been suffering from sort of mental health issues i've uh, th- thought about committing suicide it has a big impact and I think it was good in terms of someone like that to do that in order to open up that it is a case and it is something that people do need to speak about so from where me and sort of my brother sit we wanted to make sure that again it's recognized it's out there and it's something to talk about it's not something to shy away from something something I found interesting is um in, in going running or, or doing any exercise or when you speak to people at the gym, like my brother sp- spoke about, you, um, you, I found that you actually find people are going to the gym or, or doing these activities almost like, you know, maybe 70% for their physical um, recovery or, or fitness. But actually, a lot of it is a mental thing. They're doing it as a challenge or they're doing yeah. it to, to deal with something they have on going on at work or at home or um, that they've suffered in a, in a previous experience. Um and I found that more interesting, like recently, just even doing general stuff like walking the dog and, and someone will see our clothing and sort of ask what it's about. Um, and then like like me and my brother actually wanted to achieve as, as soon as you you mention what it's about and, um, you know, they open up a discussion and you'll find they say, oh, you know, some of my family's been dealing with this situation or um, so already like I've seen some really good positives from from um having it as a forum or a, a stage to actually introduce yourself or allow people to talk freely about mental health and not be um, so scared of approaching someone in a gym or a setting where you might not normally go up to them or, or, or start a conversation. Yeah. And I guess really in just to pick up on kind of what you were saying about physical exercise and, and mental health, you know, I mean, there's, you know, overwhelming evidence that physical exercise you know whether that be you know kind of cardio whether it be weights or you know even going kind of going out and you know walking the dog there's overwhelming evidence that it is actually the best thing for mental health now you know when i say that you know i understand that different people you know have different kind of capabilities around exercise but you know it is the very very best thing for mental health and so interesting when you say that you know, people in the gym, I guess the, the you know, the kind of looking in, a lot of people think, oh, people in the gym are just doing it, you know, for the physical fitness. But actually, yeah. a lot of people there are doing it, you know, to, as, a, as a kind of scaffolding to their mental health. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. quite a few of the followers and people we've um, got since we've started have been um, uh, maybe NHS based or, or armed services or um, fire service type thing. And I get the impression from seeing things they post that actually, yeah, they're going to the gym as a as a relief mechanism more so than, than the physical side of it. They're going there to to relax in some sort of um, odd way, like if that makes sense. Like you're obviously going there to work out and to, to get a sweat on and improve your cardio, like you mentioned. But yeah, in some respects, I think they're there to let their brain defrag and sort of compartmentalize the, the issues that they're dealing with in their life. Yeah. I like the whole idea you said that it gets people starting a conversation by seeing your brand and your clothing because it's definitely a thing with just normal clothing as well. Say you bought like a new pair of trainers, someone's going to comment on them and it starts a conversation. 
So it's definitely a great way to start a conversation, having that brand on your top. And then it also encourages people to speak up about mental health. They think, oh, you're going to the gym. And I'm sure that exercise and going to the gym makes someone like, without trying to stereotype, it makes people look like more manly or something going to the gym because you're all like toned and everything. And then they think, okay, he's talking about mental health. He seems like a tough guy, but it then gives them that like belief that, okay, even if you're tough, you still have weaknesses and it makes you feel better to talk about them. Then they're going to want to do the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think the, the thing... Oh, go on, Ryan. No, 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 it's fine, carry on. I was going to say, I think the thing for sort of where it started with me and sort of my mental health was the case where I was sort of the youngest and sort of the, the biggest in terms of um, <laughs> the person in the household. And I was in a lot of martial arts at the time. I was also doing a second job in terms of security. And I felt, you know, being the big person of the family is what I thought mentally within my head. I had to be the strongest person. I had to obviously watch over my mum and dad and even my older brother. And again, it came to a stage where, as you roughly mentioned, Joe, when I started talking about mental health and coming out about it a bit more and about what I suffer with anxiety and stress and depression, people were actually quite taken back and shocked by it because they thought and they always saw someone smiling and some, some someone that was always happy and sort of a masculine person of the size. They always thought that actually there was nothing wrong with me um, and that, you know, I wouldn't suffer from sort of mental health or something on that aspect. So I think coming out and talking about it a bit more, especially like with friends um, and people at the gym, as you rightfully mentioned, you know, in terms of you go to the gym, you see people sort of big muscles and you think, oh, actually, you know, they're coming here to work out. But taking that to one side, there's something mentally behind it uh, as well and sort of having a, a goal and objection. And sort of mine now is getting up first thing in the morning to do it to set my day. You know, it refreshes my brain, gives me a good start, keeps me energised and gives me something to focus on. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Sorry. Ryan, I mean, I was just going to ask you maybe a little bit more around kind of the anxiety and the, the depression and kind of, you know, how that manifested in, in your life, what that looked like for you. You know, I mean, I'm I'm asking the question, but obviously only tell us as much as you're comfortable to to talk yeah. about. But I'm interested, maybe if it's okay to hear a little bit more about what it was like for you. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, I think mine is similar and slightly different to my brother Ryan. But I mean, my my first anxiety it was a bit like a panic attack happened. I was at sort of a local um, down at Felixstowe on the eastern side of East Anglia. And it's obviously arcades and it was quite busy. And I remember going there and didn't think of anything at all before I got there and just thought it's a normal day. It's lovely. It's sunny. It's busy. Um, we took my partner's little brother out. We thought we'll just have, make a day of it. And as soon as we got there, it felt like I was drowning. Um, I, I, and it was like I was getting suffocated and I couldn't have any experience to why it was. I didn't know anything about it to, to what was happening. I just remember saying to my partner, I don't want to be here. I really don't want to be here. I've got a bad feeling. I want to leave. I want to go. And she's like, well, Reese, we've, we've just got here. And I was like, I know we've just got here, but I don't want to be here anymore. I'll go back to the car. You can enjoy your day and stay there. And I think that was my first 
experience of having some sort of anxiety or like a panic attack and not actually realizing why it came on or why it appeared and even like today for example in terms of sort of anxieties um if i'm honest i didn't want to do today's chat i was sort of sitting there thinking about everything under the sun to try and avoid um <laughs> talking to people openly um but i do obviously i get past it on, on a day-to-day basis and think of all the positives that come out of everything instead of potential negatives so i could sit here i could not talk to anyone um where I, I try and flip that and put it on the flip side of things. And it's the same sort of with my sort of stress and depression. I could stay in bed um, in terms of depression. I feel like some days nothing goes right. I don't, it sort of has a case where there's no existence. Um, and again, the, the biggest one is not wanting to socialise. Um, partner would have been like, do you want to come out, see some of my friends? Um, we'll play some games. We'll go out to a pub or do something. And I was always finding that next excuse of not to go out, but for no particular reason. Um, and it was only when really sort of medication was the big one and talking more about how I felt to people within that group, they got more of an understanding of actually how I felt and what I feel like. And it's quite it's quite hard and it was only when I sort of spoke to my partner as well about how I feel that she started to understand it and it's actually the flip side now and, and this is another thing in terms of sort of mind fitness it's okay from the person suffering from the mental health and talking openly about it but also it's the loved ones and the family yeah. that that deal and support you know the other side so like I know my my brother's partner is very supportive and my partner's very supportive of it and the other people I speak to I think it's the support around you that also helps you get through it. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, Ryan, I don't know if you've got anything to sort of add on that in terms of sort of, my fe- you know, my, you're started. And... My feelings are probably um, different in some senses. I mean, mine, mine come more from an academic perspective. I did a, I did a PhD in chemistry and throughout my PhD. It was, it was hard work and in some parts of it, I really enjoyed and, I enjoyed the challenges and, um, you know, the responsibility of doing new research and things is interesting. Um, but then towards the end of it, the pressure within academia is is immense. And there's not really, in, in my personal opinion, a, um, a way of releasing that pressure. There's not the, you have a supervisor in, in a sense, like a manager, but you don't have these ties like you might have to, uh, you might have within industry where, you could go and speak to a mental health practitioner or, or a counsellor. Mm. And I know that it's, it's been common in the last few years of universities throughout the country having a massive rise in mental health issues within their students because, because of that, that reason, I think. There's not, this, um, there's not this like release mechanism where if you were in a normal job maybe and you said, I'm suffering from my mental health, I need some, some time off, that, that doesn't necessarily happen. And so you, you sort of stick with it and you just keep, persevering going to work every day maybe if you're feeling feeling rubbish or feeling down um and there's also this sort of imposter syndrome you're you're trying to always put on this 100 percent facade you're supposed to know everything all the time and it feels very difficult to sometimes express that you're maybe struggling mm-hmm. or you need help and, and like did you kind of feel like when one of you was diagnosed, did that help the other one kind of notice their own symptoms in themselves? I, I think so. I, I find quite a lot, again, with the university setting or with, yeah, with my brother or my or my dad, let's say, I can sort of see um, maybe if they're not taking the medication or if they are like in need of some sort of further chats or, you know, just going for a walk or trying to discuss things, you can sort of 
I don't know, it's maybe like a spider sense with Spider-Man. I can sort of pick up that sometimes. And I've met people before where yeah. I've seen Tyson Fury actually do a video where he says, um, he was chatting to a, a young a young man and then he goes away and he says, oh, I bet that I bet that guy's been suffering with some um, mental health problem and, and he goes up to him and chats about it. But I, I sort of feel like that with, with people I've met. I can sort of maybe sense it. Um, I don't know if Reese here has, a, has, has an opinion on that, but that's how yeah. I feel sometimes. I mean, for me, the biggest thing I get is like a brain fog. I seem I have these days where I just can't see like you know what to do, and I feel very um, uh, not cluttered, but yeah, I just can't make decisions, and I find it a lot more sort of difficult to like motivate myself. And like if I go for a run, which is sort of on the back of why we started my fitness, that that massively releases it, and I come back, and yeah. you sort of feel this um, euphoric reward you know you have a bath and you put some nice cologne on or whatever and you have you know you feel nice and clean and that for me that makes me feel a lot better the day yeah and in, in in terms of you know the, the kind of brain fog yeah i mean the exercise you know there's, there's a direct effect on the brain so yeah. when you do the exercise yeah i mean i guess the the, the 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 thing about exercise that i think is more kind of in 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 you know in, in the press and you know, on tv is the endorphins you get that endorphin rush and yeah you know i mean that is fantastic really good for mood you feel good you know but i think what he's talked about less is there is a direct effect on the brain you know so you do exercise and you have a healthier brain and a healthier brain is kind of more resilient yeah. more resilient to feeling low more resilient to anxiety you know so i mean exercise is you know the best thing i think that you can do i mean it does make a difference and and also in terms of kind of the depression you know i mean this is I think the most difficult thing really in some respects around depression, you know, when people are depressed, you know, the depression is saying, don't get out of bed, don't talk to your friends, you know, why would they want to talk to you, you know, just retreat from the world, retreat from all the things you normally do, you know, but the, the thing that is going to help the depression is to do the absolute opposite. And yeah. it's really tough to find the motivation and the energy, I think, when you're depressed to do that, to talk to people, to exercise, to go out and le lean into your normal life, you know, but that is the thing that's going to help. Yeah, I mean, something me and yeah. my brothers... Yeah, I agree with that. Something we've spoke about, me and my brother, is that um, trying to get into gyms more and, and make them not more accessible, because obviously a lot of people go to the gyms throughout the world, but make them a bit more amenable to people maybe suffering with different types of mental health um, yeah. issues and making them feel a bit more... Not welcoming, but, you know, like Welcome. I've had the impression sometimes you go in the gym and you see people that are very physically capable and you that sort of, I think that could put people off or it could make them feel a bit um, down in their own right. So it'd be nice if, if we could sort of get into gyms and speak to them and maybe adjust adjust it in some way to make it more accessible to people that want to wanna try and lead a healthier lifestyle in, in, in whatever sense. There's definitely a situation I've found myself <laughs> in. When I used to go to the gym, because I'm not the biggest person, and I've walked in and there's all these people yeah. that are like twice the size of me, and I kind of feel like yeah. everyone's watching me. Um, but I definitely agree that exercise helps hugely. Like I was, uh, we have a beach house. I'm obviously based in Australia at the moment. Um, I went down to do some training for a job, and I was by myself, and it's the first time I've been down by myself in oh god knows how long since like the coronavirus and everything. Um, and my anxiety has been fine for a while and then I was down there and my anxiety started flaring up and I was felt like my brain was going to explode so I just literally just took a walk down to like the beachfront and everything and came back and I just kind of it's almost like I felt refreshed yeah. 
it's like I left that person at the beach and then I came back and there was a different person again, that person yeah. that I normally can be. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to, you know, I was just going to link in something else that, you know, that I think is, is really good and can link in directly with exercise, you know, in terms of what Joe was saying about the beach, you know. I mean, there's quite a lot of research coming out around the benefits of being in nature as well. You know, the beach, you know, forests, you know, it parks, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to be within, you know, miles and miles of nature, but there's quite a lot of evidence that being in nature is really good for mental health as well. So I guess the opportunity yeah. to do both, to go for a run or to go for a long walk, you know, on a beach or, you know, in a park, you know, I guess you're kind of doubling down on the benefits. You're in nature and you're pulling in all the benefits of nature and you're also doing exercise. Yeah, that's literally that's literally yeah, what I was going to, was going to say. Even if you can just go go for a walk or take the dog out for twenty minutes or whatever, just like you say, just go for a stroll, get some fresh air in your lungs. I think that has a massive benefit. Well, that's like the, the thing is as well is in terms of sort of mind the mind fitness side and, and sort of me and Ryan said this. We didn't want it to be the case where when people look at the sports where they feel like they have to be the next sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the next bodybuilder. They haven't got to be sort of the next Mo Farah in terms of sort of running a marathon. It it, it literally is for everyone. It, even if it just takes you the time to get out of the day, first thing in the morning and think, I don't really want to do much. I'm going to take the dog for a walk. I mean, we all get days like that and we're all human at the end of the day. And that's ideally in terms of appealing. It's just keeping mentally, like I say, healthy. I mean, the one thing I personally like doing, and as you said, Mark, actually nature-wise, is taking my dog for a walk. It's about a four-mile walk. You don't have to walk that far, obviously, but I just I love the view. I love walking by the river. I like seeing all the houses. I like seeing the open fields. And it refreshes everything in my mind and gives me a bit more breathing space within life. Yeah, I'm not that with my photography. I literally will just go walk somewhere, take photos. Yeah. And I think just the benefit of like getting compliments on those photos make me feel better. It makes me want to go outside and do more and get those photographs get the photos done and also enjoy nature at the same time and get the fresh air. I just feel like the whole, it's just a world of good for my anxiety and all my mental health stuff. You know, and also you know, being in the flow of life, right? I mean, so just being out and, you know, and about, I mean, even walking around like a, an urban area, you know, I guess with the depression, it's so easy to stay indoors, you know, often, you know, and we, you know, we all have days when we wake up and don't want to go out, you know, but I guess, going out and just kind of feeling like you're in the flow of life. I mean, that in itself, I yeah. think, can be helpful. I mean, I wanted to ask you both about lockdown because I, I read that the Mind Fitness was, was started during lockdown and I was just interested in both of your experiences of the pandemic and how it's been for you both. Yeah. You go first, Brad. Go on, you go first, Ryan. Oh. I'll let you go. <laughs> elder, elder over younger. Um, for me, like, yeah. <laughs> I think like the first lockdown, in a sense, was, was not as bad as the obviously the second lockdown we've had recently. Mainly, just I think primarily because it's not as been as harsh. Um, for me, like my outlet was still going running. I don't really attend the gym in a sense, just um, like sort of for economical reason. I just go for a run. I like getting out in the countryside, sort of go for four or five k just to, if I can. Um, but also, like at the time, I was. Um, planning to do a bit of a overhaul on my garden we've moved into a new house the year before and the garden needed doing so i think probably in the first lockdown the 
the the focus of my mind was on the garden and obviously like mark was touching on the being outside aspect of that was probably massively beneficial because it was those hot two or three weeks and obviously like you say research a lot of research outside and the levels of serotonin is boosted by the sunlight so yeah. i think for the for the first lockdown it wasn't actually too bad i think the, for me the second one now is becoming a bit more uh arduous because you you're not seeing your family members you're not getting to see your friends and people you would normally maybe converse with at work um so for me now recently i think it's been make, making more of an issue you know going out to going up my way to phone people i haven't spoken to in a while and trying to reach out and just have conversations with people just just to have some communion and just chat about normal day life mm. Yeah, and I mean, in, in similar from what you said, Ryan, I think the same in terms of moving into the property, the garden, uh, and I think going outside and having something to focus on because I got made furloughed, I think that was uh, a blessing, really, because if I didn't have the garden, I would have struggled. Obviously, gyms were on lockdown. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I do run, I'm not a massive runner. Um, and like I say, I like to obviously go and lift sort of heavy weights, that's my relief. And it was nice actually focusing on something, getting the garden done, getting that sorted, the nice weather. And then the first lockdown went actually for me quite quickly. And it's not a problem. It's the second lockdown, which still able to go and do things that I like doing, like going to the gym. But for me, in terms of like you mentioned with the anxiety and walking into the gym, I tend to normally go with my friends. Well, obviously we can't do that. Um, you can't go with your friends. So again, you go into the stage of going to a gym everyone's training you feel like people's eyes are glaring at you and normally when you go with a friend you're talking you get distracted mm -hmm. by one another and you're already in your routine you're already exercising um i've been quite lucky that recently the gym that i go to and this is what i've said on to my brother is being quite approachable so you go in they welcome good morning how you doing how's your day and that's then the distraction to get into the exercise and i think if i didn't have that and i walked straight into a gym i probably I probably would have turned around and gone back out. Um, so struggling a bit, not so much, but struggling a bit more on the second lockdown for sure than probably more the first because there's limited stuff to do. The garden's all done. It's literally taking the dog out for a walk and exercising, which, like I say, it's the, the whole reason of sort of mind fitness. Yeah. Um, am I right in saying the uh, percentage of like your sales and stuff yep. go to the mine charity? Yeah. Yep. So what we're going to do is instead of having it as a charity based sort of company, this is how we've seen it so far. We'd, we'd ideally like to grow the business to, um, to basically incorporate all the things that Mark touched on earlier. So, you know, going to the gym or getting exercise, getting outdoors, um, basically looking after your, your mental health in whatever way that works for you you know and eating healthy and all, all the other caveats that come with that but also what we wanted to do is that every time someone buys our brand we are giving back to a mental health charity um, maybe that'd be Suffolk Mind or Mind in general or the Samaritans but we want to do it so it would grow and we could maybe have a company similar to what Tom's do with their shoes where they donate a pair to to uh, um person in africa we wanted to do that same that same type of business model and build it up so that everyone's always giving back if they invest in mind fitness then they're investing in in mental health charities and and um and spreading more awareness and building our, our brand to make people feel more comfortable chatting about stuff yeah what advice would you kind of have for other people um in a similar situation 
as yourself so knowing what you've gone through and learned from like experience my primary one I say through. to people were like when I've chatted to them before and I've noticed maybe a um, that they're on a spiral downwards or, or whatever may be in their mental health. I try and say to them, like, if you are if you're feeling poorly normally, like Mark touched on in the introduction, you'd go to the doctor. You'd go to see the doctor and say, you know, my leg's hurting or my ankle's sprained or whatever. But people seem this seem to be very um, maybe an, maybe anxious mm. or scared of going to the doctor and saying, you know, I need help um, with my mental health. I need I need, I need to chat to someone or I need medication or whatever it may be. And it seems to be again hard for them to express that to, to friends or family or just you know people you're chatting to it seems to be a very taboo subject to say oh you know i'm struggling mentally i'm struggling yeah i mean i think that's yeah and i think sorry sorry please go on no go on mark yeah i was i was just go gonna on. just pick up about the medication you know i mean i you know I, th I think it is true that you know people will go to the gp and you know they'll take medic medication you know often without much thought for kind of physical matters but you know but a lot of people feel that you know taking medication for mental health you know issues is completely different and you know it, it's i don't know the value judgment of it is completely different whereas for me i think it's the same you know i mean it, it you you take you take yeah. a drug you know in order to improve your mental health you take a drug in order to maybe alleviate pain if you've got you know physical pain symptom i mean for me it's the same really yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah, medication. I... I mean, what, do do you both take medication? Have you taken medication? Yeah. For for mental health. Yeah, for a long time. I think I've, if I stop taking my medication, I've I've the the fog comes back and I feel very, um, uh, very sharp. Like I won't get you know angry or anything, but I just my my fuse for things is much shorter. I haven't got the, the attention span or the patience as much as I normally have. Um, yeah, and and pretty much the same. I I take sort of thirty milligrams of telepram, um, and the same. If I don't take that, I I notice it. My partner notices it, and the same. I come out um, quite sharp, uh, quite abrupt. Don't mean to. I, I don't even know I'm doing it. My own partner's like, obviously you've not taken your medication. You've ran out, and I'm like, yeah, I have. Like, it's not going to come until like two days time, and it's. It, <laughs> it does play a big impact. And like I say, it's when my partner notices it and also like family, like even my brother will sometimes say like, Hey, getting all your medication. You know, the one thing I'd always say to people as well is don't feel like you weak or, or less of a person to take medication. I always thought that I thought, Oh, I don't want to take medication. That means I'm a weak of a person, but you're hundred percent right. You know, if I damaged my leg, or I have pains in my back, I'd go to the doctor. So actually, why am I not doing it with my mental health? So I would say if you are suffering, you like to say, you're not less of a person. If you do take medication, anything, you're just correcting something that you're suffering from. Um, and, and that's the that's the big one for me when I yeah. talk to people. I, it, it was the case of people going, oh, yeah, well, you're weak. You need to man up. It's like, and, I, and you start getting into the psychological thing. Well, do I need to man up? Am I weak? Like, um, am I someone that's just struggling and actually it's not that bad? No, it's just my body needs that embalancement. Oh, um, and the embalancement is obviously the medication to, to put me back on sort of something that, a, a right path in terms of things I something do. Something I was going to add as well is that when you're, um, when you're physically ill and you go to the doctors and you, you may have sprained your ankle or something, like I said, 
the doctor might prescribe that you go to see a, a physiotherapist or or someone to rehabilitate you to make make you physically better but again there's this taboo about going to see a counselor or going to have a massage you know those are those are other um, avenues to explore if you're having difficulties with your mental health these people um, you know trained massage is good for your cardiovascular and your blood circulation but also good for your mind it releases stress and and um, chemicals to in, in the body to, to make you feel calmer, um, improving blood flow. And then, yeah, with the counsellor, again, that's sort of the equivalent to the, the mental part of the physiotherapist. You know, they can chat through things and try and help you overcome obstacles in your mind that you might not have explored with other people. Yeah, I definitely find that's an issue with uh, males a lot because I've got friends that... Uh, they got diagnosed with anxiety, but they refused to take medication yeah. because they're worried they're going to get addicted to it or it, they can't have a drink or something. But like I was in a similar thing with the therapist. I originally was hesitant to go and see someone that my sister previously, like I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but um, she was previously seeing, she was seeing someone for a bit because she suffers from chronic fatigue. Um, and I kind of looked at her as like, if she can go and see someone and it doesn't, make her any different person and it will benefit me to go and see someone and it might resolve the issues that causing me to feel the way I'm feeling Um, and like I just see medication as the same as taking go and take a paracetamol if you've got a headache or um, if you've got a cold you take something for your cold Um, but I think people worry about the side effects or the um being addicted to it but I've, I've been on it and i've come off of it before and like i know obviously some of them you have to be eased off in case you have like a uh breakdown um but one of them i came off by myself because it was causing me to have like issues with my heart and stuff um the other ones i've had to be eased off because i know like you could just have a meltdown or you could, the side effects can be ridiculous um I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. But I think if they're told, it's just uh, there needs to be like that message to kind yeah. of tell them that yeah. it's okay to be on medication. You won't get addicted. And if there was yeah, worry was about, about say, addiction, the, best, the doctor wouldn't put you on to, it. To go to speak to your GP and express your feelings and your um, issues, and you know, let the GP in some respect guide you and, and maybe suggest what the best course of action would be if they're going to put you on medication. And then see how it goes, like a, a sort of self-reflective um, assessment. You know, go back after a month or two and, you know, maybe book another appointment in with a doctor and see how you're feeling. If it's not working, then maybe change it to something else or, or try a different type of approach. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say, I think that's, that's the thing as well. Sorry, yeah. it, it's a case of if you go to the doctor and they do diagnose you and say, actually, yeah, you do need to take this medication it's not going to happen just overnight and you're going to feel a hundred percent, you know, it's going to take a while for it to get into your system to start for you probably noticing a change in other people around you. But I mean, even for like myself, I've taken sort of three different type of sort of antidepressants. I've taken uh, like now my citalopram, I take venaflaxine and I took another one and different ones that I was taking like for one, a bit like you, I was getting horrific headaches and migraines at night time so they ch- i'd go back to the doctor and they changed it and then they put me on another one in terms of sort of trying to boost my overall mood up and again that wasn't really working so then they put me on like now to telegram and i take them at night time 
And to, to be totally honest with you, the same. It, I take it as a bit like a paracetamol. You know, if I have a headache, I take paracetamol. At night time, I take my tablets. I don't think anything of it. I go to bed. I wake up, and the next morning, I take them again at night time. I don't ever sit there now and think, "Oh, I really wish I never went to the doctors because I'm going to be on these tablets for the rest of my life." Just something I deal with. It's just something that actually, you know, yeah, I I just sort of take into my day to day routine. I don't think any less of a person than what I was before I sort of went to the doctor and told them how I felt I just feel like I'm better as a person now okay. <laughs> yeah I feel myself I kind of have it's weird if I forget to take my medication it's like my brain kind of ticks like yeah. this uh, tr- trigger okay. something and I know that I've not taken it I can tell straight away that I'm going to take it I'll go because I always take my mum just before I go to sleep and then I'll get halfway through sleep and I'm like yeah. oh wait I haven't taken it and then <laughs> Remember to take it, but you're definitely right about it. It takes a while to um, have effects. Um, I was on, I've been through quite a few. Um, because originally I just had anxiety, depression. I was on, um, started on propanolol, and then I think I went on to sertraline, and then I'm now on metazapine, and I'm yep. on stuff for mood stabilizers because I got diagnosed with um, BPD. So definitely takes a while to settle like it took me ages to settle on um i think it takes like, up to a couple of months or something to settle on uh the metazapine but you gradually feel the difference yeah of the effects I think something once you've I've settled on it when i have an amazing friendship group both now and in the past when i was at university and, and throughout and every time you know i've come out and and said or you know i take medication no one's ever blinked an eye that the stigma of oh well, you know if i tell someone they might think less of me or that type of thing or what well, my brother says people might think mm. they're being weak every time i've told friendship groups or you know they've found out about it they don't care they just carry on like you know normal they don't treat me any different or it's a bit yeah it's a bit like saying i've got asthma i take an inhaler they go oh yeah well <laughs> right fair enough <laughs> yeah it's not like, yeah. oh, you take medication. Uh, oh, that's really bad. No, they don't. It's like uh, Ryan's right. I just, yeah, I've told my friends. I've, I've spoke to them. They've told me sort of what medication they're taking and why they do it, and you know what what, what that's helping them with. Either it's like the PTSD or like um, a split personality or something like that. And they tell me in terms of like the medication they take, and I don't go, oh, really? Like that's really. And they don't do the same. You know, it's just it, it's becoming like not a common denominator, but especially when you talk about it, I think people think who aren't on any type of medication think that people are going to quickly judge you and quickly put you into like a name or a stigma and, and say something, but really people aren't that fussed about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. Um, is there anything you'd like to yeah, add, I mean, Mark? Yeah, I, um, I just wanted to say, yeah, and I guess this is, you know, part of the mission statement of Mind Fitness, just normalising these conversations just opening up these conversations around medication, around mental health, and just normalising it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'd love, you know, the best thing for us outcome-wise would be people seeing yeah. our clothing or branding out, you know, in the gym or running, and they feel free to go maybe approach someone or chat to them. Um, maybe, yeah, just incite, you know, one conversation about mental health would be a massive achievement. But just mm-hmm. breaking that, I don't know, weird sort of mystical barrier that no one wants to bring the sort of taboo subject up. And and also, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, kind of opening up these conversations yeah. generally around mental health, but, you know, difficult to know 
how important one conversation could be for one person. I mean, there could be yeah. one person that sees your brand and is wearing wearing the brand, opens up a conversation around mental health, and that could save their life, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's difficult to do the yeah. good you're doing. You know, I mean, one, but you know, the the good you're doing to people. We had um, uh, we had a lovely uh, message the other day on our social media account from um, a good friend of my brother's, and she actually said that she was she just joined a new gym. And she'd been there literally five minutes and she looked up and someone was wearing one of our hoodies doing some weightlifting. She felt like this just internal warmth, like it was just nice knowing there's someone else in the gym. Even if she didn't go and talk to her, she knew there was someone else right close to her that, you know, knows how she might feel or how someone in her family feels. Supporting it. Yeah. So that was like a really nice moment. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, is this available in the UK oh, at, the moment, at the moment? Uh, we could send it abroad. We haven't had. Is it just available in the UK um, currently? Obviously, interest being family, um, we can post it abroad. We just haven't had um, the customer base yet. One of okay. our, one of my friends at work has, has bought a few shirts, and she's sending a few to Australia to her okay. friends for Christmas. So, hope hopefully, we'll have touched base in the outback just after Christmas. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, right? We'll send, we can send you one. <laughs> yeah, I'm based in Australia yeah. as well. So, um, okay. Uh, well, what we'll do, we will share, we'll show you links and stuff on our socials and our website. And just to say thank you very much for both of you joining us. I'm sure it'd be very beneficial to everyone who's been listening to know that no matter who you are or what you look like or anything, that it should be normalised that you should be able to speak about your mental health and. Um, they are launching workshops over here at the moment where they've got people that have yeah, lived experience who are going to run the workshops and talk to people about mental health and getting the right support, yeah, which I think yeah. should be hopefully worldwide eventually. That's no problem. Um, no time. Yeah. So thank you both for joining us. And it was amazing hearing stories and keep up thank the good work much. with the clothing line um no problem yeah thanks, thanks thank you thanks again mark for, for joining me thank you for the invite and um, um yeah take care guys and um, thank you everyone for listening